Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to again have Ned Ryan on our show. Ned is founder and CEO of American Majority, a political training institute for conservative leaders. Ned is in the thick of midterm elections and has important insights to share from the trenches across America. Well, Ned, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, good to be back with you guys. Well, we, we are so excited. We want to hear from you of what you think is going to happen on Tuesday. But before we do, I want to know a little bit more about what you and American Majority have been doing, focusing on over the last couple weeks, months leading up to the midterms. So through American Majority Action, which is our C4, uh, we've been doing a lot of targeted uh, issue advocacy and then now into direct advocacy and very targeted voter segments in Arizona, Nevada, Minnesota, Virginia, Wisconsin, and, and Michigan. We came online not too long ago uh, and really messaging to what we think is the right voter segment in these key states that in, in many of them have not only uh, really important Senate races, but obviously gubernatorials. Uh, in getting people to understand what's at stake. In some of the states, it's been a little bit about persuasion. But, you know, in Wisconsin and in Michigan, it's been about get a hold of these people, remind them that uh, the elections are coming up and get them to the polls. I've been pretty encouraged. I mean, we, we've been right over the target in the right segments, but also on the right message. Uh, despite, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats trying to distract voters, uh, most of them are very apparently uh, are very aware of what's taking place with the economy, with inflation, rising gas prices, rising grocery and uh, wokeness in schools. And they're responding. I've been very encouraged, again, anecdotally, but mm -hmm. pretty encouraged by some of the responses in which people are saying, oh, in Michigan, we're going to vote for Tudor. We're taking two van loads uh, of friends and family. We're going to make sure we get out to vote on November 8th. Well, and I love that you touched on that, right? Because your organization has a reputation for grassroots, right? You're going out right. on the streets, seeing what the average American person has to say, as opposed to the elites in the Beltway, and you're yep. finding out what they have to say. And and so tell me more about, like, what is it, what are the issues that matter most to them when you're in these states talking to these people? So again, not every, not every state is created equally. Uh, for example, in Michigan, wokeness in schools Mm -hmm. is actually a pretty top issue, which I have to tell you, I think you're seeing something of a Virginia dynamic taking place in Michigan right now. And by that, I mean, you know, Glenn Youngkin rode the parents revolt at the school board level to victory last year in Virginia. I would remind people, Joe Biden won Virginia by 10 points. Glenn Youngkin wins it by two. And a lot of that was about the parents revolt. Mm -hmm. You're seeing this take place in Michigan, which uh, in some of the places like Dearborn, Michigan, this is a 75 percent Democrat stronghold in which parents are showing up in school boards and saying, we don't want this woke curriculum, we don't want this mm -hmm. transgender agenda, and they're really revolting, and it's helping Tudor Dixon. So I, I, I tell people I am bullish on Tudor Dixon being able to sneak that surprise on Whitmer on Tuesday, mm -hmm. especially in a state, again, going back to Virginia, Joe Biden won it by 10. It was a 12-point swing in a year. He did not win Michigan by 10 points in 2020. So that's why I really like Tudor Dixon's chances coming down the home stretch. Yeah, so Glenn Youngkin, tip of the spear. And I mean, why wouldn't that's it right. be that way in Michigan? Or I, I would say every other state, because as, as a father myself and kids in the school, school age, I'm looking at what the schools are pushing. And it's, it's absolutely right. shocking. I'm still shocked today that even going through the process of 
raising the attention, letting people know what's happening, that some people still either doubt it's happening or they choose to ignore it. So it, it's absolutely shocking that we don't see more Tudor Dixon, Michigan type of style events like we did with Youngkin in Virginia. I think you're going to see more. I, yeah. I think this is really one of those uh, under the radar issues that's not gotten enough attention in 2022 because there's been so many other issues. And you know, and, and you ask what are some of the other issues? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in Arizona, immigration's a huge issue. Uh, yeah. The the broken southern border. I would argue we really don't have a southern border because it's so porous. But not only the illegal immigration that's taking place, but it's leading to obviously the rise of fentanyl illegal drugs coming across the border, which is leading to rising crime, which is also an issue in Arizona, but it's also an issue in Nevada and Michigan and other places. So there is a lot of overlap. But again, going back to that school board issue, I think a lot of parents were awakened during the COVID lockdowns when they started to realize what was being shown to their children in which the the schools attempted to are attempting to indoctrinate uh, children against what their parents believe and parents are saying we don't think so and they're starting to show up and once you awaken that 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 tiger that bear if you will yeah. i don't think parents are going to sleep anytime soon i think you're going to see this play out over the next few election cycles yeah it's 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 the mama bear syndrome and you do not mess with it the is. mama bear exactly you don't um but no i mean it's it's interesting too right we have uh, halloween was just here right and you got kids going out looking for candy and parents are afraid. They don't know what they're going to get in the basket, right? Because of all these drugs coming across the border, fentanyl-laced things, whether it's, you know, a talent or a piece of candy, you don't know what you're going to get. So this kind of feeds into what you were just saying, not only the school board issues in the woke, uh, what we're seeing with the woke school boards, but also the open borders and the lawlessness coming across those borders. That's, exa- that's exactly right, in which you're seeing a lot of these parents saying, I don't feel that my community is as safe as it used to be. Uh, I have real concerns about my children and their safety at schools, but safety in our communities. This is ridiculous. You're starting to see uh, rule of law really start to become an issue in which the rising crime rates being pushed by the woke DAs who have been backed by George Soros. Parents, especially in suburbia, there are a couple issues, and you're seeing this reflected in the polls in which suburban moms Mm -hmm. are, are saying, we actually like Trump. We're starting to like these Republican candidates. You're seeing some pretty significant shifts in the last couple of weeks in which they're saying, no, we actually intend to vote for the Tudor Dixons and the Kerry Lakes and the Blake Masters because they're realizing these woke policies are, are very detrimental to their communities, to their children, to their future. And so, you know, just going back to some of the yeah. stuff that we're doing with American Majority Action, we really believe in highly personal contacts as much as possible. Yeah. And so it really gives you a good feel for what's actually taking place on the ground when you're having live door-to-door conversations, live phone conversations, having peer-to-peer text conversations in which it's real time. You're going back and forth with these targeted voters and really getting a sense as to what's important to them, regardless of what the corporate propaganda say is really right. motivating voters. When you talk to real voters in battleground states, in key races, it's very apparent what's important to them. Inflation, rising crime, rising gas, rising groceries, wokeness in schools. And guess what? The best part is they know who to blame. They know that this is Joe Biden and the Democrats' policies that have pushed us to this point, And they understand they're the ones to blame. And you can see it reflected in the polls. Who do they think have the answers for these problems? And by double digits, they're saying Republicans have the answers. That's why I think you're going to see some pretty staggering results on Tuesday night. 
Well, and, and that's why I love your organization, Ned, because you guys get to the grassroots level. You, if you're going to listen to the media uh, all the time, you're going to get you're going to get depressed. But you go down to the, uh, the grassroots level, and you start to see that people actually are waking up and seeing what's going on, and it's motivating. It's exciting. I mean, it's 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 energizing the base, and you guys it are is. doing that. Yeah, no, it, it is, and I just want to remind people, and I'm pretty sure most people watching this already understand, but. It, Please don't call them media or journalists or mainstream media. They're corporate propagandists. Yeah. And they're there to actually amplify a narrative from what I call the regime that is beneficial to them and to the regime, but not beneficial to the American people. So look at what they're saying as, as a grain of salt. And you really get to the truth of what's going on when you have real life conversations with real people where they're at in the moment and understand what's important to them. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Ned. And so I, my, my next question, I think you've already answered it. We're, we're seeing momentum. Tell me, are we going to see a red wave on Tuesday? We are. We, we are. We, we are. I, I will say this. I want to mitigate some of my enthusiasm by saying I have real questions about, you know, what are they going to do in Detroit? What are they going to do in Milwaukee? What are they going to do in Philadelphia? What mm -hmm. games are they going to play to rig and manipulate votes? Uh, I will say with, with great confidence, though, Republicans are taking back the House. I think they'll have north of 240 seats uh, when it's all said and done, so a significant majority in the House. I think that we are going to take the Senate back. I think the real question on, on the night of the 8th will be how big is the majority, because I think Walker might be headed to a runoff in Georgia. Yeah. But I, I feel pretty confident saying it could be 53, 54, maybe even more seats in the Senate. I think it's going to be interesting at the gubernatorial level. I think 30-20 is a given that we will have that yeah. majority in the gubernatorials for Republicans. And as crazy as it sounds, if some of these close races like Minnesota, New Mexico, New York all start to go our way, you might be looking at 33, 34, maybe even 35 Republican governors. But even more important, if you're interested in election integrity and having reform mm -hmm. before the 2024 elections, uh, 88 of the 99 state legislative chambers are on the ballot Tuesday night. Uh, in which over 6,000 state legislators are up for re-election, that 54% of them are Republicans right now. I think you're going to see some significant gains at the state legislative level for Republicans as well. So this is this is the real strength of a red wave. And maybe before I get into that, I, we just got to be careful, right? When we say that red wave before the election, people might take their foot off the gas, and that this is not Don't. the time to do that. You mentioned election integrity we need to get out and vote because of those issues. Everyone needs to yep. get out and vote and not take this for granted. Yeah, I, and this is what I've been encouraging everyone that's doing work with American Majority. You are working through late afternoon, early evening of the 8th. We're not letting up uh, until we feel like, you know, the polls are closing and we've done our work. And I would mm -hmm. encourage people who are, who are listening to this and watching, you do not let up until the polls close on November 8th. You get your family, you get your friends, everybody gets to the polls. This has to be this has to be a stunning rebuke to Biden and the Democrats in which they know the American people have completely rejected their un-American, deeply left ideas. Yeah, I mean, because that's really what's at stake with this red wave. This is this is our chance not to reverse, but to slow down the bloodletting because we still have 2024 yeah. we got to focus on. But if we could take this in a, in a meaningful way, this red wave, we have a chance to slow this this damage down yeah. and begin the process to reverse it. And to do that, we need to get out and vote and not take this for granted. And the thing I will say is I feel like it's it's 99.9% .9 chance Republicans take the House back. That alone puts an end to the crazy far left, 
freakish, I would argue, Joe Biden policy agenda uh, immediately. And if nothing else, this will stop the craziness and the madness that is taking place. But I feel like we're going to have a lot more than just the House, obviously, Senate, gubernatorial, state legislative. And we're going to see some gains, too. I mean, you look at Arizona, just for example. In Arizona, I think you're not only going to see Blake Masters win, you're going to see Kerry Lake win. I think Mm -hmm. we're going to win at the secretary of state. I think we're going to win at the attorney general. I think we're going to add three state House seats, three state Senate seats. But better than just being a red wave, I just wrote a piece for American Greatness in which I said it's not a red wave. It's an America first wave. And that's yeah. an important part for us moving forward. It, part, a party is what people say it is. And the people who say what it is are those that win primaries and show up conventions. And when they win the general, they become the standard bearers for that party. Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, all yes. of these candidates that I think stand a really good chance of winning are America first. Therefore, I think you'll continue to see the Republican Party becoming more America first. And I hope not too long from now, it might say Republican on the storefront, but the essence will be America first. Well, I think that's so important, right? We, we, we tend to go Republican red wave. What you're bringing up is right. something bigger. Some, this is an America first. Like, let's, right. let's move the rhinos to the side and let's put America first here. And so that, that, that leads into my next question for you. How do we make sure that we hold these people accountable when they get to Washington or within the state level? How do we hope when they get to Washington that they actually start making the changes that our country needs instead of this watered down, weak leadership that we always see from the Republicans when they have a chance? Well, I think the first thing is you've got to make sure you've got the right horses to ride in which you trust these people being put into office from the start, like a Blake Masters, like a J.D. Vance, like a I'm pretty bullish on Bulldog winning in New Hampshire. You've got people that have really gone through the fires and proven their credentials as America first, but then it leads to the next. What does leadership look like in the House? What does leadership look like in the Senate? Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin McCarthy's. I think he will be amenable to a lot of our our ideas. I I would say maybe just 70 percent. Let's say we'll be happy with 70 percent of what Kevin McCarthy does. I think one of the things that will be important, leadership elections that take place shortly after the midterms, you got to get people like Jim Banks and his majority whip. Majority whip is a hugely important position mm. inside of the House caucus because they're the ones helping drive and prioritize what the legislative agenda is and really what the Republican caucus in the House would be doing. So majority whip's got to be an American first type like Jim Banks. In the Senate, I got to be honest, even if you get the Blake Masters and the J.D. Vance mm. and the Bulldogs in, I think you're going to need another election cycle or two to really have a strong enough America first caucus inside of the, the Senate a GOP caucus to really get new leadership that actually reflects mm-hmm. America first. Mitch McConnell is entrenched. He's got John Cornyn. He's got John Thune. I, I, I want to like dampen people's hope a little bit on what could take place in the Senate. And the best part would be, you know, all we have to do is say no for the next two years. Let's just say no a lot between now and 2024. And if we can get senators to do that, <laughs> that's a win. No, I mean, I, you just laid out the strategy because you, you're you're right on with that, right? People think like, okay, it's over, 20, we did it, midterm yeah. elections, we won. No, yeah. no, no. I, I tell people this is just slowing the bloodletting. It's not over, right? We, yeah. even get, we don't even get to reverse it at this point. We get to slow it down. Right. 2024 right. is when we can start reversing it. So I love how you put that. Uh, well, and the other thing I'll add, too, is this. People have asked, well, what, you know, obviously Kevin McCarthy's come out with a commitment to America agenda. All well and good. Even if it gets through the House and the Senate, it'll be vetoed by the by the Biden White House. I think one of the most important things McCarthy could do in the House with a majority 
is a ton of oversight, a ton of investigations. You can do the Hunter Biden stuff. That's fine. Whatever. I want him to actually investigate DHS and big tech and all of the collusion that's been taking place there. All of the things that have gone on over the last few years, FBI, DOJ, really expose what I think is a massive abuse of power. That could be a huge win if Kevin McCarthy will go down that path. And the other thing I'll add, too, is if you're going to do the oversight investigation, continue the January 6th committee, reform it to actually get to the bottom of what took place on January 6th. That would be fascinating. <laughs> well, that's that's the question. If if we have a America first wave coming uh, on Tuesday, what will the Democrats do? Because they continue to hammer this January 6th that we know the population doesn't care about. Right. January 6th right. and abortion. Those are the two things they just keep hammering right. us over. Are they going to double down on those two things if they have a bad night on Tuesday or are they going to readjust and do something different? I have to tell you, I've had this conversation in the past. You've seen people like Bill Clinton triangulate after 1994. He realized he was headed down the wrong path, got absolutely massacred in those midterms and started to moderate his views and kind of triangulate. The modern Democratic Party, which has been eaten from within by the, the far left, I don't yeah. think they have that ability to triangulate. I think they're going to go even more hysterical on their, their views of democracy is dying. You know, all the mega MAGA folks are fascists. We have to defeat them. I think they're going to go on steroids, which I think will actually highlight even more to the American people how radical and out of touch they are with the priorities of the American people. And I think it will lead to even more devastating results in 2024. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Given that Joe Biden said he was going to come and unify our country yeah. when he got in. He's done nothing but the exact <laughs> opposite and, and alienate, not only alienate, but demonize over half the population. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, what you're saying is we're, we're going to be in for a couple more years at a minimum I think so. of this chaos. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's not they're not going to go quietly into that good night. They're not going to go, oh, we lost. You know, maybe we should actually rethink what our priorities are. You have to understand there are a bunch of religious zealots. The far left are a bunch of relig religious zealots. They are fully believe in all the hoaxes, everything that they have. Climate change, the Green right. New Deal, all of these things. They believe in the rightness of their cause and the dirty little peasants just don't know what's best for them. The thing that has concerned me over the years, but now when you're seeing more America first champions get elected to, uh, to office, Republicans have been more of careerists. Like, I'm going to go to D.C., I'm going to have a nice little career, and then I'm going to move on in life. No, no, no. The left has been, we are religious zealots. We are going to use everything in our power and ability to actually change and form society and culture into what we want it to be. I think with America first, you're going to see a lot more warriors go in and meet their religious zealotry with their own passion and fight them. So I think the next two years, I, I would argue, are going to be very interesting, perhaps rough, a lot of political warfare. And I think it's going to lead into a very interesting 2024 presidential, because I think I think Donald Trump's yes. going to be announcing a few weeks after the midterms. And here we go again. And I couldn't be more excited, actually. <laughs> I agree with you. Buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride for oh, the next yeah. couple of years. Oh, man. Yeah. It's well, you're right. Boring, I'll tell you that much. No, it won't be boring. And, and you know, you hit on this, uh, the ends justify the means. And I, I talk about this a yep. lot. And, and that's just a real concern because if you they, they believe so strongly what they're doing, they don't mind lying, cheating, stealing, doing whatever they need to do because they believe that's they're right. in the right and they'll do whatever it takes to get there. No, uh, 100%. Uh, I'm working on a new book, you know, American Leviathan, the birth of, of the administrative state and rise of progressive mm -hmm. authoritarianism in which they truly believe 
that the administrative state filled with their educated elite is progress. And those that challenge it, those that resist it, are actually threats to the administrative state. You can see the narrative changing. Not only are they threats to the state, they're threats to democracy. Uh, right. Therefore, I, I think we're in for interesting times as they start to try and redefine anybody that votes against them, anybody that resists them. Really, I mean, you saw this in, in Biden's Philadelphia speech, will be considered domestic terrorists, enemies of the state, uh, right. simply because they, they reject the premise. And, and I want to encourage people, first of all, don't be afraid. You're in the right. Mm. And I think it's, it's incumbent upon all of us, whatever role, whatever station we have in life, to resist the premise of what they're pushing and say, no, I believe in my God-given liberties. I believe in a constitutional republic. I believe that a government of, by, and for the people should actually serve the interests of the people. So, no, I reject your premise. I will do everything that I can in my That's sphere right. to actually reject and resist it. Well, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right on. And again, I love that you're doing this at the grassroots level because that's where it starts. Yep. That's where people wake that's up. That's right. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So, Ned, anything else, that, any other insights that you want to share with the audience? I, I would say, again, look for some great results on November 8th and then prepare yourself for the next two years. They're not going to go quietly. Do not, do not think that simply winning on November 8th, it's a step in the right direction. But until you actually have America first types in control at the White House, in the House, in the Senate, really being able to deconstruct the administrative state and devolve it, I would argue, into a fraction of what it is, there is no victory. There is no real victory until we have the ability to do that. And that could take multiple election cycles. So be encouraged, I think, by what will take place on November 8th and realize we're in it for the long haul, but it'll be all worth it in the end. Yeah, well, you, you've definitely encouraged me. And, and I, I know that the work has just begun, but we can do this. And I love that people are waking yes. up and seeing what's going on. So, hey, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be praying for a big, uh, a big Tuesday America First Absolutely. wave. That's right. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.